Welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. With Dr Lara Greaves this morning. Kia ora, Lara. How are you today? Oh, no, great thanks. It's great to hear about that drive-in movie. I might take my kid to that. That's Honestly, awesome. it's going to be so much fun. They've got Tomb Raider and a whole bunch of other cool things playing as oh, well. So wow. Good stuff cool. to do this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's been a bit of a crazy week already. We're going to get to Trump shortly, uh, but let's talk about Aotearoa first. Uh, the tertiary strikes that are going on at the moment in the university sector, where, where are they at? I see there is a bit of an escalation in some of the strike action going on. Just remind us of, of what the, I guess, the basic demands are and, and why we've got to this stage, Lara. Yeah, so we're not getting a good cut for it at the moment. So what I would kind of tell everyone is that Basically, when you're an academic, there are a few universities and those are the places you can work. Mm. And whenever an academic job comes up, you get about 100 people applying with PhDs. It's an incredibly competitive market. And so for a lot of us, like we're in academic roles, say, for me, in my case, in Auckland, but in different parts of the country, we've established homes there, that's where we live. And the only real way for us to get big pay rises or pay rises really proportionate with inflation is to change, move universities. And for that, it means moving cities. Because like for most people, I'd say, if they're say, working in accountancy, consultancy, mm. and so on and so forth, you would just move company during this time to try to get that pay rise. Whereas a lot of us, we just can't do that. That's not how academia works. And so we're trying to go for pay rises that are commensurate with the cost of living, but the employer's just not not even really entertaining it. Um, we know inflation's seven, eight percent, and they're kind of talking about offers of three or four. So that's there's not really much happening in the space. There's not really good progress. So that's why academics have to resort to greater strike action. Yeah, totally. So what what is happening at the moment? I see that there's going to be maybe a, a hold on on returning marks to students as a, as a new action. What's that all about? Yeah, so at the University of Auckland, anyway, we're not going to be entering marks. Um, we're technically allowed to mark um, exams, but I'm personally using that as an excuse to just not, because marking's the task no one even wants to do, um, use that as an excuse to, to put that on the back burner for a while. But basically, um, we've got um, to a point where we're not entering marks and the professional staff aren't either. Mm. So that does mean that some students will potentially have delays in getting their final results. Um, and I, I don't see how that would necessarily feed through to their ability to graduate or similar, but it may mean that things like concessions and entry into other papers takes a little longer. Um, I think everyone's really conscious to make sure that as much as possible it doesn't affect students because we know students have had an incredibly tough time over these last few years, but that's that's the current state of play. Mm, totally, and there's been a, a lot of support I've seen from students for that strike action as well. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, a solidarity gesture across the board for that. It's it's yeah, going to be. I think they see they see that we're working on like Sundays and weekends yeah, and yeah. nights and stuff like that. So I think that they kind of get the vibe that academics are not cruising. <laughs> Totally, totally. It's been a hard time for everyone. So we'll keep mm. following this one, Lara, because it is important. Uh, and, yeah, yeah as definitely. you say, that cut through is not necessarily happening at the moment. Let's talk about the Resource Management Act, though. The government's announced some pretty significant changes. What does it all mean? Yeah, so basically the RMA is that kind of universally hated law, sort of 900-odd pages, so many different amendments over the years that kind of morphed into something that it wasn't necessarily in the first place meant to be. Um, it's been... The government's replacing it with free bills. They're probably not going to get all of them done in this term, um, and, and the good thing for them is they are a single-party majority government, so they're able to get 
space reform through without having to cede ground or too much ground to minor parties. So we saw over the John Key years of National that they weren't able to get resource management mm-hmm. reform over the line because ACT, the Māori Party, United Future and all of them had different things that they wanted out of it because it is an area where parties want to shape it according to their own views. So this is actually one of the few times that we're likely to get fairly straightforward reform. Um, one of those, it's, it's one of those areas that, yeah, definitely delayed due to COVID, but people, um, it's, it's already gone from the news cycle. Yeah. So one of those areas, it's ultimately not going to make any, everyone happy. We saw a bit of coverage on it sort of yesterday, but it's already kind of been pushed to the news cycle due to a busy week. Um, we've seen a bit of criticism from Māori, um, Māori academics included, talking about how it was a missed opportunity for greater co-governance in mm. the space. Um, we hear negative things from environmental advocates. We hear negative things from the right about it not really cutting red tape or bureaucracy. Um, but it's one of those things where they're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually doing something. And it's, it's just reforms that are never going to make everyone happy. Well, it's going to be interesting to follow that one, even if it has dropped out of the news cycle a little yeah, bit. It yeah, it seems to have already. It, yeah. mo- it moves fast at the moment. Uh, yeah. Before we get on to uh, some of the international stuff, just briefly, the, the Māori role, we've also seen some changes there, and this was, uh, I think, perhaps more support across the board than people were expecting for this. Yes, so this is a surprising one. So since 2011, the Electoral Commission has recommended in its reports on the elections that Māori be able to change roles whenever we like. So people of Māori descent can choose between the Māori role and the general role, but it's been fixed to only in the time after a census, so every five years. And what you find is about 28,000 Māori trying to change roles in election year. So this is to some extent a fix on that. Yep. So Labour, Labour, Rauri Waititi and Gaurav Garaman all had bills at the same time wanting to make this easier, and ultimately the government bills, Labour's bill, um, got through. There was a lot of debate over whether that clause was entrenched, so needing 75% of the um, members of Parliament to vote for it, and the Speaker of the House ruled that it was. So that meant that Labour and National had to negotiate on something and they found common ground. And so from next year, basically, I think it's going to be from next year, that um, anyone of Māori descent will be able to change roles whenever they like except for the three months before a by-election, a general election or a local election. So I think that that's widely widely supported by, like, most parts of... most parties, most voters, most MPs um, and... Just a really, I think, a good day awesome. for that cross-party consensus, yeah. Nice to have some good news before we get into some truly uh, horrifying yeah. news, which is Donald Trump overseas, of course, in the States. He's, he's announced he's going to run again for the presidency. What do you make of this? Is it something to be afraid of? What does it all mean? I think it's quite clear um, that the Republican Party in America's maybe moved past that. I mean, that's that thing where it's almost like you don't count Winston Peters out in New Zealand politics. Because mm. <laughs> that thing of you don't want to like really firmly say that he's got no chance and he's not going to win. I think that he's come out particularly populist in his latest speech, things like um, killing drug dealers, executing drug dealers after the, the night after their sentence and things that are that extreme that most reasonable people can look at that and go... Too far. Um, so I guess that's that thing we'll see that their election, if you think about it, is, is 2024. Mm. So we kind of now have this like two year um, media coverage of, of, of this election. I personally stopped following American politics in as much detail when Trump popped up because it's just a very quite stressful yeah. thing to, to follow and see. And, and it's that thing of 
we follow it like a little bit almost like with morbid curiosity sometimes totally. in American politics but it is it's like I've got people that I love over there and <laughs> I imagine a lot of people do and they got this very negative effect on our on our discourse and you know studies have shown it a really negative effect on marginalized groups so Absolutely. Oh, here we go again, basically. Yeah, it's oh. not, not great news for this week, but it's nice to hear some local news that is positive about some of that legislation change. So thank you very much yeah. uh, for your time this morning, Lara. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Maybe go see a movie at Motat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> see ya. You just heard a bit of political commentary. Thank you.